thank you for your presence today. Soul searching can be an unenviable task, particularly if we are unwilling to stand before God and see ourselves as He sees us. Are we truly living for Christ? Are we bearing witness of true salvation? Or are we just going through the motions without fruit that bears true conversion? Are we dealing with our spiritual deficiencies? Are we confessing and repenting of our sins and depending on God to strengthen us? Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander imparts wisdom to us today. Well, God has given me a message for you, and I hope I finish, but if I don't, then that's just fine and dandy. You can only take so much in one message, so we'll just see where it goes, amen? Is there a word from the Lord? There is. Turn with us back to our theme passage in uh, Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24. And then down to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24. And then 2 Corinthians 13, 5. The first passage in Psalm, Psalms reads, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 it says. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not you have failed the test of genuine faith. And from these passages of scripture which is our theme text for this series, we want to preach this family day, a soul-searching evaluation for families. A soul-searching evaluation for families. If we're going to experience revival and see God do extraordinary things in our families, we are most wise indeed if we would just sit before the Lord to examine and evaluate the spiritual condition of our families and to do some earnest soul searching to ensure that they are first of all saved without a doubt. And once having the assurance of salvation, the Lord requires that families grow in Christ. The Lord requires that families be stripped of wickedness. The Lord requires that families be stripped Uh, be, be stripped of strongholds, rebellion, and division. The Lord requires that families serve one another in the unity of the spirit, and the Lord requires that families be strengthened in the Lord. Now, the family is under fierce attack by Satan. He's under fierce, he's attacking the family. The family is under fierce attack by Satan, demons, and this world system. Satan hates the family and will use every resource at his disposal to destroy the family. He'll use anger to destroy the family, drugs to destroy the family, alcohol to destroy the family, divorce and separation to destroy the family. He'll use violence and abuse and greed to destroy the family. He will use sexual immorality to destroy the family. Selfishness, not to mention pride, and much, much more. 
after this soul searching evaluation of the spiritual state of our families, it is urgent that we ask the Lord to search our hearts to purge out any sin and wickedness in our families, which start with us personally. And we need to cry out to God for the sake of our families. We need to cry out to God for revival. We need to cry out to God for spiritual restoration. We need to cry out to God for healing in our families. And we need to cry out to God for unity in our families. And on this family day, let us evaluate our families. And when the Lord reveals our spiritual deficiencies, we need to repent, surrender those deficiencies to the Lord and make the necessary spiritual adjustments to uh, strengthen uh, our areas of weaknesses within the context of our family. Now, normally we talk about marriage, 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 and we are going to get to marriage. And I hope we get to it in this message. But this time I want to do something different. I want to start out with the singles. I want to, the Lord has given me a word for everyone that's a single. If you're a young single, teenage single, if you are a young adult single, or if you are an older single, or senior single, or whatever you like to be called in your old age, you're still old. Will you stand? I just want to see who you are. Just stand in the house of God, in the presence of God. Just stand. Let's give all our singles a big hand. All right. We're going to start out with our singles. All right. And uh, then we'll go from there. Singles here. Here's some questions I want to propose to you. And they're very critical in nature. And you need to write every point down. You need what the Lord has given me. Believe you me, you need it. And you'll save yourself a whole lot of trouble if you adhere and receive and implement these principles for living and relationship with others. Number one, if you are single, are you content and at peace with your singleness? Or are you experiencing anxiety about being alone for the rest of your life and not being married? If you are a single, are you content and at peace with your singleness? Or are you experiencing anxiety about being alone for the rest of your life and not being married? Here's a passage I want you to turn to. As quickly as you can in first Corinthians chapter seven, verses seven through nine. And then you skip down to verses thirty two through thirty four. You'll see a text there just for you and the rest of the family of God. First Corinthians chapter seven, uh, verses seven through nine and then thirty two through thirty four. It says, but I wish every one were single just as I am. But God gives to some the gift of marriage and to others the gift of singleness. So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than to burn with some translations say passion or lust. Then verse 32, skip down. I want you to 
to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibility and how to please her husband. Isn't that a good text for singles? There's something I want to say there. If you have the gift of celibacy, say celibacy. When last time you heard that word? Say it again. Isn't that a beautiful word? Celibacy. You say, what is it? (laughs) Okay. Celibacy is to abstain from marriage. It's the God-given ability to abstain from marriage and sexual relations for the purpose of being completely devoted to God. Okay? A celibate life is one that abstains from marriage and sexual relations for the purpose of being completely devoted to God. Now, if you, if you don't have that gift, don't try to pretend you have it. You're going to make a mess out of yourself. And I think that's why a lot of priests are getting in trouble because they require a priest to live a celibate life. In many cases, when they don't have the gift of celibacy and they create a mess all over the place, you see. So it's critical that we that if you have the gift, it is wonderful to live a celibate life to the glory of God You don't desire to marry and you have no desire for sexual relationships and that's okay. And there is nothing wrong with you when God has given you that gift to worship him, to enjoy him and to just walk with him. You see, because with marriage comes responsibility and out of respect and love for your spouse and family, some limitations On your personal freedom. In other words, once you get married, you can't live like a single woman or a single man. There are responsibilities. You just can't hang out with the girls and hang out with the boys and just press out the house whenever you want. And and no accountability to anyone. Don't know when you're coming back. Don't know. You don't know anything. And uh, now if you want to live like that, don't get married. Now, some of y'all want to live freely like that, but you don't have the gift of celibacy. You walking around in heat. If you're in heat, you need to get married. Won't y'all say amen? If you're in heat, you don't have the gift. I'm just, I'm cutting to the chase. Cut to, there's nothing wrong with it. God set up that mechanism within us. And it's okay. It's It's okay. And I'm going to tell you something. And, uh, may I hasten to say this? Uh, you don't just get married because you want to have sex. Marriage is, is more than just sex. Matter of fact, sex starts in the kitchen. You need to wash some dishes. Wash your way to sex. Don't y'all say amen. Do some work around the house. You working your wife like a slave all day? 
And then you spec activities at night and she all took it out because you didn't help. I'm just getting started. (laughs) You will have restrictions on your personal freedoms once you say I do. Now, a lot of folk don't like that word I do. They don't want to make commitments because they want to ease their way in and ease out. And they don't want to make that vow because that's too restrictive. Listen, if you're living together, excuse the English, and you ain't married, you're shacking. Let me just downright make it plain. You're sinning and you're out of the will of God. Ladies, I wouldn't let no man breathe in my face and smooch all around my neck. And he can't put a ring on my finger and say I do. Have some dignity about yourself. Have some self-respect. That's right. That's right. If you don't have no dignity about yourself, then he's not going to have any fire. What does God require of singles who desire to marry? What does God require of singles who desire to marry? Number one, here's what God requires of you. And and God will bless you when you adhere to this. Number one, walk with God. Walk with God. Live for God. Psalms 143 verse 8b says, For in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk. For I lift up my soul to you. Walk with the Lord. Love him daily. Listen to him Allow him to order your steps and set your agenda. What does God require of singles who desire to marry? Number two, worship God. Worship God. Psalms 95, uh, 6 and 7 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Have a spirit of worship. Live in the spirit of worship. Sing praises to God. Read the word of God. Enjoy the presence of God. So much so that God takes delight in giving you a man or woman after his heart. Thirdly. Ask the Lord for a spouse and wait on the Lord to deliver in his time. That's right. Ask, you ask the Lord for a spouse. You want, you want to get married? Ask the Lord. That's what I did when I was a teenager. I was asking the Lord for a spouse long before God gave me Darlene. Ask the Lord for a spouse and wait on the Lord to deliver in whose time? His time. Now, once you ask him for a spouse, be content until the Lord provides a spouse and refuse to allow anyone to pressure you into marriage. Okay, ask the Lord for a spouse. Then once you ask, be content where you are until the Lord provides that spouse 
for you in the fullness of time. And don't let anybody pressure you into getting married. You're not married yet. You're 35, 40. What's wrong with you? You must be funny or something. No, 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 no. No, no. Leave them alone. You people who are married have no right to be asking singles. Uh, 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 are you when you going to get married? You're not married yet. What's taking you so long? That is not of God. And don't and singles. Don't you receive the counsel? Everybody put in your hearing. You better know how to screen the counsel you receive to the glory of God. Waiting on God pays off. That's right. You don't wait on God. You're going to grab that rascal or that woman and she's going to cook your lunch. I've never heard a person said, I waited on the Lord and I deeply regret it. All my years of pastor, never heard it. But I heard many say, I couldn't wait on God. I heard somebody, people were pressuring me. I bowed down to peer pressure and all of that. And here come the tears, the agony, and the pain because of the inability to wait on the Lord. Waiting is precious. Waiting is invaluable. Waiting is critical to living the spirit-filled life to the glory of God. Good things come to those who know how to wait. Luke 11, 9 says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be open to you. You ask, seek, knock, keep on knocking, keep on asking, keep on seeking. Psalms 24, 17 says, wait on the Lord. Don't you move ahead of God. God knows, God knows exactly what he's doing in your life. He knows your beginning, your end, and your in between. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. And then the scripture says, again, in case you didn't get it, wait, I say on the Lord. Philippians 4, 11 says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content, to be content. Now, I know we live in a day where people are going to eHarmony.com and all these marital dating websites and all of these things. And I'm not saying God can't provide through that, but I'm kind of old fogey. Now, you know, I believe there are more horror stories about that than there are success. And you say, you know what? I use the Internet and God, God gave me a wife or spouse, a husband, whatever. I say, bless you. You are rare. And just count yourself blessed because for every success story, I bet you there's 20 horror stories to that. I like the Lord to sovereignly, divinely orchestrate my steps and bring me into the relationship with the person that he has for me. And I'm not going to depend on machines and computers and websites for everything. Computers are not my God. God is my God. You said, well, now there are people right in this congregation. They've gotten married through them and I'm not speaking against it. Bless you. I'm happy for you. Praise God. 
But let me tell you something, that doesn't work all the time. That's right. It takes time to know people. Uh, You see, contentment is waiting on God. Contentment in Christ is to have inner tranquility. As you're waiting, God wants you to have contentment in Christ, which is inner tranquility. He wants you to have peace of mind uh, from Christ. That's contentment. Contentment is to be satisfied with God. You know what contentment is? It is, is having fulfillment and the ability to rest in Christ. The Lord makes all things beautiful in his time. You see, you're being miserable because you're single and you've been waiting a long time and seemingly God has not answered. You're being miserable and impatient will not hurry God. Oh God, why take you so long? I'm 25. Are you still young? I'm 30. You still young. I'm 40. You still young. I'm 50. You still young. Well, how old is God? That's right. God doesn't have age. That's right. If God wants you to get married at 50, then that's the right age. You say, oh, please don't wish that on me, Pastor. He may deliver sooner, but you just wait on the Lord. You see, your being miserable and impatient will not hurry God. God God is not stressed because you acting a fool in your attitude because he's not delivering when you think he ought to deliver. That's all go. Oh, oh, she's oh, oh, she's so upset. I better hurry up and do something for her. God, God is not like that. Your being miserable and impatient will not hurry God. Therefore, relax. Say relax. Say it again. Relax. Wait on the Lord. And trust him for your future. Listen to this. It's better to be joyfully single than miserably married. That's right. A whole lot of married folk wish they could be single again. And a lot of them are violating biblical principles to get to singleness again. uh, Going against uh, what the word of God says. How quiet is it getting now? Some of y'all know y'all had problems. Y'all miserable right now. And... uh, you come in here putting on fronts. And you walk back in the, go back in the car. You're not even speaking. It's just, a, just a front for so many. Let me go on. I'm still dealing with singles. Uh, when you compromise the word of God, you will believe Satan's lie. Now that's a big one. When you compromise the word of God, you will believe a lie from the enemy. Satan is the father of lies. Genesis chapter three, verse one, verses five and six says, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, underline this, has God indeed said? Now, right there, he's 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 getting Eve to doubt the validity of, of God's word. He's planting doubt in her mind right there. You shall not, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Verse five, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. But he didn't tell Eve the backside of all that horror. Verse six, so when the woman saw the tree was good for food, see, she believed his lie, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. 
Listen, young men, listen, older men, older women, younger women. When you believe that man or woman's lie, you're headed for some terrible consequences. If you love me, you will lay with me. That's a lie straight from the pits of hell. We can have sex and you won't get pregnant. Uh, We wear condoms and it'll be all right. Listen, that's not a foolproof. The best proof is abstinence. Look, look how, look how quiet it got here. Y'all, am I talking? I don't know what language to say. Greek to you? Huh? The the only sure way of holiness is what? Say it again. Say it again. And, And if you do anything else other than abstinence, you're out of the will of God. You're going contrary to the word of God and you're settling for cheap substitutes. You're believing the lie of Satan and you're going to end up with a whole lot of diseases sexually. Of which some of y'all have right now as I speak. Y'all be careful about tongue in and all that stuff. You don't know who you putting your tongue into. Look how quiet it got. That's right. If they got herpes, I don't want to put my tongue in their mouth. Can you see herpes? Now look at y'all looking at me. Oh, you, you such angels now. With all these Viagra commercials coming on every other second, and all of a sudden now, oh, 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 I can't believe he said that in church. Oh, that's nasty. No, it's good. As confessed believers in the only true and living God, we miss out on countless blessings due to our lack of faithfulness, obedience, and service. The Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Everything we need is at our disposal. When will we trust God enough to believe and depend on His Word? If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.